But, uh, let's pray and we'll uh, continue on. Uh, Father God, uh, Lord, we give you this day. Uh, God, as we are in your house, uh, God, as we have gathered as your church, uh, God, we, we know that you do a particular work in us while we're together. So God, as we're together today, work in us. Unlike you work in us outside of, of, of the gathering, but work in us in the gathering so we can uh, grow in our knowledge and our understanding and our faith and our trust in you. So God, let, uh, let us be able to just put all of the, the, the stuff away. Whatever it is we're doing today, whatever is the week holds for us, whatever it is, let's let us lay it aside for the next few minutes and just hear what it is that you have to say. Because you say that your word will not return void. And you say that, that um, uh, the, the, the promises of which you give, that you will fulfill. So God, let us walk in that. Let us rest in that. Lord Jesus, we love you. Spirit, we welcome you. Father, we give you glory. And all God's people say, Amen. Amen. All right. Let's do this. Um. We're going to continue on uh, where we've been in our uh, statement of faith, or I should say the, the mission statement um, for, for the church, the series of, of talking about what, what our church is and, and why we exist and um, what our, our focus is going to be over the next uh, months and, and years uh, to come. Uh, we, we started this couple weeks ago, but last week we talked about the we. When we, when we see our mission statement, um, and the mission statement is, uh, go ahead and throw that up there on the, on the slide. Uh, we exist to bring glory to God by making disciples uh, through committing ourselves to loving him passionately, learning about him, what? Continually. Living for him daily, and leading others to him intentionally. Uh, today, what we're going to do is we're going to focus on the, the first one, loving him passionately. Uh, if you need a, a little uh, tool to help you remember this, this whole mission statement, um, you've heard me say this before, uh, the, 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 the love, learn, live, lead. Love, learn, live, lead. The, the, the four L's here. And each one of these helps us to progress this mission statement. Because like I said last week, the, the we is us, the, the, the church coming together. We have a mission, we have a, a purpose, and that's to bring glory to God. And then how do we do that? Well, that is the next step of it. It's by making disciples. And then how do we make disciples? And this is where the love, learn, live, lead uh, really comes into play here. So it's committing ourselves to this. So that's what we're going to just talk about today. Uh, um, uh, short, uh, I, I guess, uh, approach. It, it, the, the short approach to this is I, I just want you to understand as we walk out of here today um, what it means to love God passionately. Because I, I think that a lot of times what happens is we, we would all um, want to say and want to wave the banner of I love God and, and I, would not, uh, I would not say no, you don't. But there's a difference in loving God and loving him passionately. And, and, and to understand that God gave us all a passion for a reason is important. Um, on, uh, to, on understanding what, what, this, what this passion is and, and, and identifying this, uh, I, I want us to, to, to grasp the, 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 the truth about 
um, a, a passion or being passionate about something, uh, it, it propels you to action. So it, it propels you to action. When you're passionate about something, you're going to take action. So th- th- this is one of those reasons that, and one of the, the, the workups here is we're going to see of there's a difference between loving God and there's a difference in loving him passionately. And the Bible calls us to uh, take action with our, our, our love. And that's where I want us to stress and, and kind of see that, that, that well, am, I, am I loving God or am I passionate about my love for God? I don't want to, I don't want to be the, the, the judge here. Uh, it's not up to me. Well, what I want you to do, and I don't want you to be thinking about your husband or your wife. Like, yeah, they don't really love God passionately. I love God passionately. I don't want, to, I don't want that either. Answer the question for yourself. Answer it for yourself. As we go through this and we're learning more, answer this honestly. Am I loving God passionately? Because at the end of the day, he loved you passionately enough to send his son to die for you. And, and there's no greater love than that than, a, than one to lay down their life for their friends. I've read that somewhere, you know. It's a, it's a, good, it's, it's a good understanding. So, but what, let, let's talk about passion. Um, everybody's passionate about something. If you're not passionate about something, um, check your pulse. Uh, and be, because here, it, it may not be a great passion. Maybe it may be yeah, a little bit of passion. Maybe you don't um, uh, display your passion like others may. But I, I, I'm convinced that everybody's passionate about something. Well, I, I, there, there's three things that I, or three examples that I want to give you of uh, like some visible examples of, of, of passion to kind of see where, give you the, the, the insight into like where my mind's going. And they have nothing to do with the Bible. So forgive me for this, but uh, I, I want to share with you my, my, my three favorite uh, television programs. Um, so can we, can we talk about TV? Yeah, I know it's, it's the devil. You know, that's what uh, Bobby Boucher's mommy says. So uh, I, I understand, but he, here's the deal. I, I, we, we don't watch a lot. Well, I shouldn't say we. Our kids watch too much TV. But Shannon and I, we don't watch a whole lot of TV. But when we do, there's primarily, other than the, 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 the women's college World Series is on right now, softball, college softball is awesome. So anywho, uh, but other, other than that, and then football season, I mean, college football, I mean, come on, I, I guess I can't do that. So uh, yeah, there are a couple others, but my three favorite TV programs are, um, and the first one's American Pickers. Who's watched American Pickers? All right, so we know we, we know about American Pickers. And I'll tell you right now, I have I don't watch that because I like old antique stuff. I, I don't no actually none of these none of these that I'm gonna tell you has anything to do with like the actual stuff in which they're the, the content that's on uh, the the um, uh, on the, the television show. It has something to do, it's, it's, there's something else into it. But American Pickers is the, the, the first one that, that we, we, we like to watch um, with Mike and Frank. You know, there, there's some, some cool cats. Uh, but the, the other, the next one that, that we, we, we like to watch when we're not watching American Pickers is Counting Cars. Anybody seen Counting Cars? 
A little bit less of you here. Okay, Counting Cars, it's a, 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 a show it's about car restoration where they, they take these old cars and they make them uh, new and they, like, they, they pimp them out and everything. And um, a, a, Anywho, I, I, I said pimp, right? That's all right. So, but it's, 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 it's a, Sometimes, sometimes, sometimes sometimes they restore back to normal, but sometimes they really trick them out. Um, So anywho, uh, again, I I don't know anything about cars. It's if you ask my eight-year-old son, he can tell you everything there is to know about cars. He he loves cars. Actually, for his birthday uh, that just passed, uh, or actually it's coming up. We gave him his birthday present already. Um, He got a Bugatti, Lego Bugatti. I had no idea what a Bugatti is, Daddy. I want a Bugatti. Watch your tongue, son. I don't, I didn't know what that was. I mean, but then he showed me, you know, on, on Amazon, hey, this is what it is. So he had, he, he loves cars. Me, I don't, I don't know. I, I just, I, I like when cars go down the road and get me from point A to point B. We're all good. And then the third one, um, which uh, th- this is, I don't know if I can say this in church, um, Shark Tank. Anybody watch Shark Tank? Yeah, it has nothing to do with animals. It's not a bunch of shark. It's not Shark Week. It's Shark Tank. Uh, in Shark Tank, it's um, a, a bunch of, of businessmen and women that invest in entrepreneurs and, and the such. Um, and then they, you know, they give money and blah, blah, blah. Business happens. I know businesses of the devil and all that. Whatever. I don't care. So uh, it's Bobby Boucher, I mean, his mama. You know, mama says... So every saying, foosball is of the devil. So anywho, these, these three, these, the, the American Pickers, the, the, the Counting Cars, and the Shark Tank, these are, these are shows that I really, we, we really, I really enjoy them. My, my wife's like, yeah, whatever, I'm going to go, you know, clean the sock drawer or something. Um, but I, I, I really enjoy watching these shows. And again, it's not for the content on the shows, but each one of these shows has something in, in common that, that I just like. They each have a passion for what it is that they do. You can see it come through in American Pickers. If you're watching Mike and Frank, I mean, they know. And, and uh, if you're watching, if you're watching, and those you, who, who do, you know that like Mike jumps into the deepest pile and he's up on, on, on some sketchy ladders and stuff trying to, to, to look at some crazy things. He's passionate about what he does. Same thing with, with, with Danny uh, on, on uh, County Cars and then obviously the, the, all the sharks. They're passionate about what they do. I, I, I look at them and I just, I love seeing people execute and, and work out and live in that passion. I, I'm, not, I'm not the judge on what their passion is. I just love to see passionate people. Now, is passion misdirected sometimes? Yeah. Absolutely. And I I want to um, make a a point of saying just having passion is not the key, is not the focus of of, of this uh, time that we're together today. Uh, Those uh, examples of those passionate people, they have passions, but uh, I I don't know them personally, but I don't know how many of uh, of the the, the sharks or how many of of the the cars or the antiques actually bring glory to God. I I don't know, but again, I'm just looking at the the, the passionate aspect of this. I think that that when we we look at this, we can kind of learn something. And if we look at what Scripture says about this, we can really learn something. So I want to answer this question. What is passion and where is it rooted? 
What is passion and where is it rooted? Because I, I think, again, that, that we need to kind of get a, a better understanding of, of what passion is so that we can see what that is in our lives. It's that, that, that clarification. So what is passion? Well, according to Oxford Dictionary, it's the showing strong feeling or belief toward something. I think that we all understand what it means to be passionate, right? Right? Rattle, rattle, shake, shake. We all, we're all tracking that. We know what it means to, to be passionate. And, and, and a lot of people are passionate about a lot of different things. But understanding what the Bible says about this is even more revealing. Uh, the Bible answers the question, of, uh, the second part of this question, where is it rooted? Where is your passion rooted? Matthew 6, 21, it says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So when we're looking at this, and we can um, look at, at, at uh, our examples again, we can see the physical treasures and everything. You can see where the heart is. I, I think that we need to understand, is it bad to have treasures? No. God doesn't say we can't have stuff. But it's we can't let the treasures rule our lives. Because if the treasures are ruling our lives, they become our God. And later on in, 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 uh, in Matthew there, it says that you can't serve two, you can't serve two uh, masters, God and money, or God and stuff. Or God, well, you can't do it. So understanding where our heart is, or where our treasure is, that's where our heart, that's where our heart is also. So when we're talking about passion and we're thinking about what is it that I'm, I'm passionate about, just look at what you treasure the most. And, and I think that we can answer the question like, um, uh, can you control your passion? I, I really do believe so. It depends upon what it is that you're treasuring. What is it that you're treasuring? Whatever it is that you're treasuring, and it may not be a thing as far as like a material thing. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's security. Maybe it's, well, whatever, fill in the blank. Whatever you're you're treasuring, and and how do you know? Okay, here's a little litmus test. How do you know if you're treasuring something? Ask your question, can you live without that? Or ask your question, if somebody took that from you, what would you do? You, 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 can, you can, real simple questions, you can kind of figure out what it is that you treasure. God makes it perfectly clear what it is we need to treasure first. Not, not only, I'm going to say First. Because God blesses us in many different ways, but I think that, that what we have to do is our primary treasure has to be Him. Because if our primary treasure is not God, if it's in stuff, or if it's in people, or if it's in uh, position, or if it's in occupation, if it's in anything else, all of those things can be taken from you. If our treasure is not in God, we're, we're setting ourselves up for failure. We're setting ourselves up for, for a fall. And, and this is why, why God says that, that, that um, you need to, to love me. There's no other gods before me. 
He says there's no, uh, no one else, not, nothing else that can satisfy you and can, can, can complete you. I don't care what, what, what uh, Dr. Evil says about mini-me. You complete me, right? No, it doesn't matter. I haven't seen that movie in 20 years. I can't believe I just thought that. It doesn't matter what it is that, that we think is going to complete us. Only Christ can complete us. And that's where our treasure has to be. When our, when our focus is there, God will take care of the rest. God will take care of the rest. So when we're talking about this... Um, this is what I am passionate about. This is what I get passionate about is, is communicating the truth of God's word, communicating to, to us all what it is that's going on and what we need to do, not because of what I say, but because of what God has said. This is understanding that when we're talking about things like our mission statement here, that when we, we talked about committing ourselves to something, and we're, talking about the, we're going to talk about four things in which we're committing ourselves to. Actually, one thing, it's God we're committing ourselves to, but in four different ways here. We need to understand that, that, that these are all part of glorifying Him. This is all what we're called to do. So loving Him passionately. Loving Him passionately. Why? Why must you love God passionately? That's the question. I mean, it's whatever. Anybody who has kids knows that question, right? Why? Daddy, why? Mommy, why? God, why? Why must I love you passionately? Because I said so. <laughs> that's what we say. I, no, I'm glad you said because that, that's what we say. Our kids say, okay, why do I got to do it? Because I said so. Is that true? Yes, but is there rationale behind it? There usually is. Uh, hopefully. Hopefully is. But most of the time when we say because I said so, it's because we don't want to go through the whole rigmarole of telling them why. But when God says because I said so, it's because he's pure, he's true. He, he's the only one who can hold all promises and give all promises and fulfill all promises. But why must you love God passionately? To bring glory to God. Because he says to love me. If you love me, what? Obey my commandments. If you love me. He throws that out there. It's up to you to love. God does not force anyone to love him. That's not love. But when we say, when we ask this question, why must you love God passionately? It's to bring him glory. But how do, by, by bringing him glory, it's also um, part of bringing him glory is making disciples. If we're going to love God passionately, we're bringing him glory. What did he tell us to do? Go and make disciples, right? So, why must we love him passionately? Because we need to glorify him and we need to make disciples. If we're not making disciples, I'm glorifying God, but you're not making disciples. You're not glorifying God because you're not obeying what he has said. It's clear in scripture. Now, I want to say this. Why is it important to the passion part of this? Because I think that a lot of, I'm not going to, whatever, I'll go out and say, I'm pretty sure that everybody in here loves God. But the passion comes into, the, 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 into play because when we understand that if we passionately love God, we're, we're glorifying Him and we're making disciples, um, 
Passion comes into play because here's the deal. When, when someone um, who is passionate about something faces hardships, they, they, they face hardships differently than someone who is not passionate about something. Just, just think about that. If you're passionate about, and fill in the blank, whatever it is, when a hardship or an obstacle comes your way, you figure out how to circumvent that. You figure out how to get through that. You figure something out to do what it is you're passionate about. But if you're not passionate about, like, I'm not passionate about going to the dentist. So if I'm on my way to the dentist and uh, I think my tire's leaking, oop, I better go get that checked. It doesn't take much to divert someone who is not passionate about something. And, and, and here's the deal. We will face hardships in our lives. We will face things. So if we're, if we're in the camp like, yeah, I love God, but then we face a hardship and we kind of like, like go off on our own. Oh, I'm out of control. What's going on? Oh, wait a second. Where's God? God hasn't moved. But if you're passionate about, okay, I've got to, okay, I, I, I want to I love him. I want to love him with, with, with all I've got. And we're going to see that in a minute here, how, that, how this is all going to play out. If I'm going to love him, like when hardship faces in my face, when I face hardship, trial, tribulation, whatever it is, I'm going to respond differently. I'm going to respond differently. If you do not have a passion for loving God, three things I, I think will take place or will happen or will be evident. And I hope you've picked up by now. Like we had some super hyped up, you know, worship. So we get it all pumped up and yeah. And now I'm like bringing you down like, Aah! right? <laughs> no, it, it, it's not intended that. It's, it's intended to encourage you to take what it is that we're learning and apply this. If you do not have a passion for loving the Lord, the first thing, like I already said, you will likely compromise in the face of adversity you'll likely compromise. When, when, when faced with something tough, you're going to compromise. You're going you're gonna, to uh, put on the brakes. If you're hanging out with your buddies or, or, or whatever, and you get to that point where like, that God comes up and you have the opportunity, if you're not loving God passionately, what you're going to do is kind of like skirt the other way and I'm going to change the subject real quick because that's kind of uh, that's kind of tough. I don't want to step on any toes. That, that's compromising. Because the first part about making disciples is, is, is telling people about Jesus, sharing the good news. So if you do not have a passion for loving the Lord, you will likely compromise in the face of adversity. The second one, this goes back to a few months ago that we were talking about in our Gideon series. You will never experience your full potential. You'll never experience your full potential because I firmly believe if you're not glorifying God, why would he bless you to end your full potential? Well, you've heard me say this a, a, a thousand times. Here, here's a thousand and one. I, I, I believe that, 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 that the blessings from God, they, they, they come from a proverbial faucet, right? So uh, just pretend with me. Like I, I, I view that, that God's blessings, they, they shower down from this faucet, right? Only God can turn the faucet on or turn the faucet off, right? Actually, I did that backwards. On and off. Only God can do that. 
We can't make God turn the faucet on or turn the faucet on, on, on or off. No, that's only God. What we can do is we can position ourselves underneath that faucet. So when he does turn it on, we get the full blessing. I had the conversation with some people and like, yeah, but my life's blessed. I know that I'm still doing this and that, but my life's blessed. Okay. You're getting splashed on from the, the, the water, the blessings coming out of the faucet. Could you imagine what it would be if you were standing right underneath the faucet? You can't imagine that. Don't rationalize yourself where this is taking place or this sin or whatever. Like, uh, I'm, not, I'm not glorifying God in this area. You, you can't rationalize this up against God's glory and God's blessing. It doesn't equate. So uh, understanding that, that if you do not have a passion for loving the Lord, you'll never um, experience that, that, that full potential. Why? Because things are going to draw you out from underneath the faucet. Hardships are going to draw you out from that. What you want to do is you want to be obedient to, to come in so you can live in that full potential that only comes from God. The third thing, if you do not have a passion for loving the Lord, you just need to re-examine your treasure. Just, just, it's, it's simple. It's not complex. Re-examine what it is that you treasure. What are you treasuring more than your relationship with God? Let's get into some practical application here because I, I think that, um, yeah, we, we get it, Lee. We, we feel bad in areas. And all right, we get it. Let's move. Let's move. All right, I, I want to examine my treasure. How do I do that? Turn to Mark chapter 12. Because I want to answer this question. How do you foster a passion? How do you foster a passion to love God? Not just to love God, but a passion to love Him. A passion that when, when I look at my wife and my wife looks at me and she says, I love you, but. <laughs> just, but we've had this conversation. I love you, but I love God more. I can look at her, I, I love you, but I, I, I do. I, I love God more. I treasure him more. Do I treasure my wife? Yes, that doesn't diminish anything, my love for my wife. That just shows my, 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 my supreme, and my, my order is correct. I treasure God above anything else. Because at the end of the day, just get this, at the end of the day, God loves my wife more than I do. There's no doubt about that. He can see through her flaws. <laughs> walk softly right no but it's it's the truth god sees through our flaws what we do is we try to pick out our flaws of our of our of our spouse or of our friends of our or of our family this is why it's so very important to make sure our treasure is is god first um look with me here in mark chapter 12 uh, verse 28 because if, how do we foster this, um, uh, how do we, we foster a passion to, to love God? I think the answer is, is right here. Verse 28, it says, uh, And one of the scribes came up and heard them disputing with one another. And seeing that he answered them well, asked him, Which commandment 
is the most important of all. All right, set the scene real quick. Jesus is in the temple. He's out. He's talking. Um, the, the Sadducees kind of just came up to him. The Sadducees was, was a religious group um, in the temple. Uh, they came up to him and said, uh, hey, a, a, a woman was married and her husband died. And then she remarried and remarried and remarried, whatever. Like, who's, who's she going to be married with in heaven? Trying to trip him up. And, and Jesus throws down and say, well, the, the problem is you don't know... Uh, you don't know what you're talking about because you don't know the scriptures in which you're trying to teach, nor do you know the power of God. But anywho, if you read it, I love how Jesus responds to things. I would love to have been a fly on the wall sometimes. Like Jesus was not the, oh, dear, 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 dear. No, he came straight out and said, hey, y- y'all, y- you just, you're jacked. Y- you're getting it wrong. Here's what's right. Anywho, so that just took place. Now, a scribe is coming up to him and saying, okay, let's see if I can get him. Because you have to understand, in, in, in the temple, there, there was the Sadducees, and you had the Pharisees, and you had the scribes. You had all these different types of religious people that they were kind of levying for position inside of, of, of the quote-unquote church in the temple there. They were levying. And, and, and they just saw the Sadducees there. Uh, well, they got, you know, they got shut down. Let's see. I'll, I'll stump them. I'll, I'll, I'll stump Jesus here, the, the, the teacher. So he asks him, which one's the greatest commandment? Jesus answered, the most important is, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. I, I, I like this. Here, here's the deal. Um, Jesus goes right to the Old Testament. He goes right to what's called the Shema. It, it would be something, a, a prayer in which it would be recited every day, uh, multiple times a day by, by uh, the Jewish people. Um, also, another side note: uh, our, our, the ESV translation doesn't do doesn't doesn't do this as good of justice as I think it should. Um, one another one of my favorite translations um, actually says, "Listen, Israel, listen!" Like Jesus is not going, "All right, class, pay attention." No, he's saying, "All right, listen up," because I'm going to tell you. I'm glad you asked. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is, is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Jesus just throws out the gauntlet here. He throws it down and says, boom, all right. You ask question which one's the, the, the greatest. I'm going to tell you what, what's the greatest here. And... The response of the scribe in his piety, his self-piety, his self-righteousness. And the scribe said to him, you are right, teacher. You have truly said that he is one, and that there is no other besides him. And to love him with all the heart, and with all the understanding, and with all the strength, and to love one's neighbor as oneself, is much more than all whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. So he says, okay, yeah, Jesus, you got it right. And when Jesus saw that he answered wisely, he said to him, you are not far from the kingdom of God. And after this, no one dared to ask him any more questions. <laughs> I, here's the thing, though, because this, this is, maybe we're not trying to, to stump Jesus, but I, I, I'm, I love this text for this because I think that this is the same type of question in which we're going to ask, like, all right, I want to have a passion. Uh, I want to I love God passionately. So 
What would be the best thing in which I could do? Like, at the top of the list, Jesus, like, what would be the best thing? I, I, want, to, I, I want to know. Like, I know there's a lot of commandments and there's a lot of things that you say, and I really can't do all of that. But if you just give me some simple steps, I can get this. Just give me, just give me a few things here. I, I think that that's us sometimes. Like, we want to, we want to foster a, a passion for God, but we want to do it on our terms. What was wrong with the response of the scribe here? Just don't answer this out loud, but just think about that. There was something wrong with this. Because Jesus says, hey, let me read it again, see if you pick up on this before I, I, I lay it down. He says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. Hold that here. The scribe said, and to love him with all the heart and with all the understanding and with all the strength. Do you see the difference there? Jesus, it makes this very clear that it is a personal devotion. It's a passion that comes from within. It's not just saying, oh, with all the heart. Because what's happening in here is the, the scribe is talking just corporately. He's talking about the bigger picture. Yeah, with all the heart and with all the, the, the soul, with all the understanding. Jesus is making this personal. He's making it personal. You, you have to love the Lord. You have to do this. No one's going to do it for you. No man, no woman, no one. No one's going to, you have to do this. As we look at this, and we ask ourselves, so how can I, how can I foster a relationship to, to, um, to passionately love God? Jesus, he, he lays it out there. He lays it out that, that, that everything you do, everything you do, you need to be cognizant. So not only with your heart, with your soul, with your mind, with your strength, everything you do, you have to be aware that God has given you time, ability, opportunity. And you have to be aware that I want to bring glory to him in all that I do. Whether it's raising kids or if it's going to a job or if it's talking to your friend or it's uh, loving your wife or w whatever it is. All that you do. In, in this response that, that, that Jesus gives, and, and, and I think that, that, that this is the, the, the icing on the cake here. Because what we have here is the scribe, he, he knew the law, but he didn't know the lawgiver. Like he, he, he had the knowledge of everything, but he didn't have that, that, that trust, that belief. The, the, the belief that in, in the face of adversity is going to sustain him. What Jesus' response here gives us a, 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 a very clear picture. <clears throat> Jesus' response to the scribe reveals something. It reveals the difference between acceptable religion and passionate relationship. There's a difference between acceptable religion and passionate relationship. God does not desire religion. God does not desire to come in, put the check in the box. 
Oh, I went to church. Oh, I read my Bible. Oh, I did this. I did that. God does not desire that. God desires a passionate relationship with him. And that's what Jesus is saying. This is why Jesus is saying, he says, you are not far from the kingdom of God. Like, you know all of the stuff. You know all of the, this was me. And I've shared this, my testimony with y'all. This was me. Like, I grew up and we were in church and I knew, I knew all of it here in my head. But I didn't believe it here in my heart. I was the scribe. I knew, I knew this. I would have been one of those guys that Jesus would have said to, you are not far from the kingdom of God. But Jesus, I know all this stuff. and oh, that, that's, that's great. That's awesome. You should. But you're just in, you're just in religion. This is just acceptable religion. Like you're, you're all worried about this outward appearance of what people think and everything. I'm not into that. I'm into a passionate relationship with you. And when we, we, we enter into the, the, the understanding that, and I say, when you, it goes from here and drops 18 inches to here, that's where you go. I know, Ogre, for some it's a little bit more. But that's where you go from this acceptable religion to a passionate relationship. The Bible is clear that there's going to be some who are going to be, uh, come to, 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 to uh, the, the gate at, at, the end, at the end times. Jesus is going to say to them, um, okay, religious, 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 relationship, relationship, relationship. Relationship, come in, religious, no. Because he said, he's going to say, go away from me, I don't know you. And they're going to say, but I prophesied in your name. They're going to do that too. They're going to stomp their feet. I prophesied in your name. I went to church every Sunday. I gave so much money. I did this. I did that. Okay, but you're doing all that so people can see you. You did not put your trust in me. You're all the acceptable religion. You're in this crowd where the hard, the thing that hurts my heart the most is there's so many people that are in this crowd of like, it's okay, I can, I can believe in God and I can still do what I want. But, but God says you can't. He wants that passionate relationship. That's like me saying, I'm, I'm married to my wife, but I can still go date and I can still go, you know, hang out here and, and, and sleep with this, this lady and do, it doesn't work that way. To, to be an acceptable religion is a place where it's, it's a very comfortable place, a very comfortable journey to hell. Sometimes the passion, the passionate relationship is hard. It's in your face. It's understanding that, oh crap, I don't know how I'm going to do this. God, help me. But he's going to see you through because you're one of his. No matter how hard it's going to be, he's not going to leave you on your own there. That's how we can, we can stand firm in what it is. And we can say, I'm going to commit myself to passionately love him. Why am I going to passionately love him? Because he already passionately loves me. He's willing to lay his life down for you, for me. How much more passion can you get? Let's pray. I want to take a moment here, and uh, I, I, I just want us to think, just think through what it is that we just talked about. And just ask ourselves a question.
Am I passionately loving the Lord? Or, or am I just in the camp like, yeah, I love, I love God, I love Jesus. The, the, I, I love him, but am I, am I passionately loving him? I don't know how to, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know what to do. I, I, how do I determine that? The, does your way of life reflect that God's in control? Is it what, whatever you do, whatever you say, whatever decisions in which you make, is it reflecting that you have a passion to love God? Even when it's like people don't, don't, don't accept what it is that you say. They don't like what it is that you say. Does your passion for loving him come forth? If not, what do you need to do to, 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 get, to get there? Now, I, please don't hear me say like, if you just love God and not passionately love him, like you're not saved. You may be. You, you, you might be. It's not up to me. That's up to God. I think there's a lot of people who love God, but they don't trust God. Trust is a hard thing. My, my, my prayer is that if, 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 you're, if you're here and you're, you're saying, okay, yeah, I, I love God. I'm not sure if I passionately love him, but that you'll just make that decision to, I'm going to make steps to that. I don't expect anybody to flip some switch and it all be fixed. And I don't expect anybody who is passionately loving God to never fall at any time. But I think there's going to be a pattern in your life that others are going to be able to see what's going on. Because you're not going to draw attention to yourself. You're going to draw attention to him. And that's what this is all about. And God gives you a passion so you can draw people and, and uh, people's attention to him, not yourself. So uh, while I'm praying, just, just, just ask God, okay, God, make it clear. What do I need to do? God, I want to love you passionately. I want to display that so those around me can see that. And remember, you're, you're thinking about yourself. You're not worried about your husband, your wife, your brother, your sister, anybody here. This is between you and God. Our Father God in heaven, uh, Lord, we ask as we are in your house, as we're gathered here together, God, as we're making things known, as you're making things known in our lives, how maybe, maybe I can love you passionately, more passionately in this area and in this area. But God, let us surrender all to you. And when it gets tough, not if, but when it gets tough, God, let us, let us know and feel your arms around us. God, if there, there's someone here that... that, that um, Maybe they don't, they don't know and they don't have that relationship with you. And maybe, maybe you're identifying in the, in, inside of them that they've got this acceptable religion. They need to take that step of trust saying, okay, I want, I'm going to. I want to trust God. I want to trust God because I want to be on the, the same path as my, as my brother or my sister or as my, my, my wife or my husband or whoever. I want to be on that same path and I want to focus and, and follow after Christ. 
to live to this potential in which God has for me. God, if, if there's someone here that, that, that is saying that or is feeling that, my, my, my prayer is that, that you stir up inside them and you open their heart because we know there's no special words to say. We just know that, that you intervene here and you renew and regenerate the heart. Because the Bible says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, that you will be saved. And that's what you desire, Lord. So God, as we're talking about loving you passionately, it all starts with a relationship with you. So God, as we, as we end this time together, let us not be beat down, but let us be energized either in the passion we have for you or um, uh, looking toward the passion that we're going to have for you as we work and as you work inside of us. Father God, we love you. Spirit, again, we thank you. Jesus, we, we, we pray all this and we, we plead all this in your beautiful name. Amen.